0: And welcome to another episode of Retro Rewind. My name is Dave, and since this is my pick this week, I'll also be your host for today. With me to talk about this game is Craig. Yo. And Mike. Hello. Now, as you've probably guessed by, you know, the name of the episode, uh, today we're talking about Mr. Driller. And I don't really have a special reason for picking this, no childhood memories or trauma or you know, I stole it or anything. It was just I absolutely love this game. Just a few quick stats before we get into it. Uh, Mr. Driller was first released in the arcades in 1999, and I'm guessing after a bunch of people passed out at the arcade cabinet, they decided to release it on the home consoles, with the first port going to the PlayStation in 2000. There's been a myriad of ports for Mr. Driller, and there's also been 15 games in the series, so it is quite the long-running mascot for Namco.
1: So, Craig... Is this the first time you've played Mr. Driller? It is the first time I've played Mr. Driller. I, I was absolutely delighted by this. This is a very solid pick. Thank you. You are welcome, sir. Mr. Driller was here to save the day. For me, I, I absolutely and utterly loved that. It's very colourful, very bright, very Jap very Japanese. Very Japanese. It actually, it's very Japanese and it reminds me of a TV show. I don't know why on the Cartoon Network, it's called Steven Universe. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a really bright, colourful thing. I think the colour palettes are the same or something, but it was it was lovely. Very much enjoyed it. I played the DS version, I believe, or the Dreamcast version, the arcade version.
0: Yeah, I think I think until you start to get started getting into like Mr. Driller Two or Mr. Driller Drill Spirits and stuff like that, I think it's all pretty much a port of the same base game it's in the arcade. Yeah. So, Mike, what did you play it on? And is this your first
2: time meeting Mr. Driller? Uh, this actually returned to to play Mr. Driller. The first time I played Mr. Driller was back on the uh, Game Boy Advance, funnily enough. Um, I'm not sure how that port stacks up compared to the, the rest of the conversions of the game. But um, <clears throat> I actually used to used to play that quite a bit. Um, completely forgot about it until you brought it up the other day. And this time I've managed to go through it on the uh, PlayStation version, which I'd never played before. And yeah. It's a perfect puzzle game. Um, It's a perfect example of Namco at their, probably their peak now, I'm presuming. Um, Oh, Yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: Now, uh, a side note for our listeners, Mike is, of course, dying of the bubonic plague, so he will sound (laughs) a little bit different. (laughs) Love that. As you can tell. So, uh, myself, Mr. Driller was just something I picked up in a pawn shop. I just walked in one day. And I was like, "Eh, you look kind of fun. And as soon as I took it home, I, w- I was absolutely enamored with it. And not to say I was good at it, just that I was enamored with it. And ever since then, I mean, the, the PlayStation disc has always been in pretty steady rotation. Even my wife and my kid, they absolutely love this game because it's very, very simple. And uh, in case nobody is familiar with it, Mr. Thriller is a... Well, it's a drilling game, and uh, you start drilling down these little blocks, and you have to worry about gravity, with blocks above you are going to squish you, or um, most times what kills me is the air. You have a timer, which is basically your air gauge, and there are little pockets of air capsules you can get, but most times they are tricky to get to, or they're blocked off by these poison blocks, to where if you bust through them, poison air hits you in the face, and you end up sounding like Mike. But, um, yeah, it is an incredibly simple concept, and like Mike said, this is Namco, like, at its height, like Pac-Man, Rally-X level Namco. It's absolutely amazing. So, gentlemen, um, out of curiosity, so you both played the beginner mode, which is the 2500, which is what I played, because I'm far from an expert.
1: Are you going to ask for Skulls?
0: Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Okay. So so this isn't so much a measuring contest as much as, uh, you know, maybe you happen to get lucky and complete the 5000 foot challenge. Uh I'm not going to say somebody's lying, but uh, somebody's lying. So the 2500 foot challenge I did finish and uh, my score was one hundred sixty five thousand three hundred and seventy. I got
1: 177,580.
0: Oh, Oh, that hurts. Mike,
2: if you'd be so kind as to come in third. Whoa. Well, what were your scores again one more time? Okay, mine... Not telling you. (laughs) (laughs) I started the game off, um, the first few laps or the first few games I was getting 700 foot, 900 foot, 1,100 foot then I thought I'd hit a record with 1,900 foot or 1,923 I think it was so I kept at it therefore I'm gonna finally break that 2,000 and I finally got to it And I died I got what well, like 1,965 so I, I kept at it and then I saved the game I paused brought all the way back out and I thought this is an old game there must be an options menu there must be A life select and a difficulty setting (laughs) hidden away somewhere. So, so lo and behold, I found I found that ticker. I bumped my lives up a little bit. I dropped the difficulty and I cleared two thousand five hundred foot. But I didn't I didn't lose enough lives to make it look like I only had three lives. So it does show on the (laughs) final score. I did have four lives left.
0: Well, now now how do you guys like like Craig? I imagine the way you bashed on with this, you absolutely like puzzle games.
1: Yes. But I just I'd plowed right the way through. I found for a lot of the levels I could plough straight down, nipping in to get every, and got nearly every oxygen on the way through, especially on the, the five thousand foot challenge, just grabbing every oxygen, but just bombing it. Like not even thinking, just drilling, drill, 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 drill right the way down. Uh, um,
0: you're you're a natural driller, sir.
2: You must have some sort of natural skill there, because for me it was a case of You're drilling down as fast as possible, but before too long, you're going to be caught by the things dropping from above. You're going to get caught in a tight situation where you have to drill one of those gas blocks and drop some energy off. And then you're drilling further down as as you go through the levels further. You just find ones where if you've come in from the wrong side of the air bubble, there's no Mm -hmm. way you're getting in without taking a penalty of trying to get in to get it in the first place.
0: Yeah, either that are trying to drop those poison blocks low enough to where they connect. Oh, yeah. that's another important thing. Is yeah. If you get four of one color block to touch, they disappear. Now, yeah, that can yeah. help you a lot of times, or it can really bone you because something above you just disappeared. And then your blocks will come crashing down.
1: Yeah, I, th- with the blocks that come crashing down as well, A thing I noticed is if, say, a red it's going to land on you. It actually sticks to any neighboring red before it hits your head. Now, see, I tend to play the
0: much more calculated and what seems like a, a more inferior way to play. Is, it's like, okay, so if I drill this one, this one will fall. It'll mm-hmm. fall to the blue one. That'll catch. And yeah, I end up taking way too much time and then I end okay. up running out of air and mashing through those little X-blocks.
1: See, that's the, that's quite interesting because you got nearly the same score as me, but I got a massive time bonus at the end of the round. like A, a massive oh, okay. time bonus. Whereas you've got a big bonus from calculated drilling. So there must be a, a fine fine balance there. Well, we'll have to class styles, sir, at the Mr Driller World Cup Invitational. I know, yeah.
2: You know, now that you mention it, I didn't realise when you mentioned about the feet going down... That you were actually talking about what score you got at the end of the, the game, not mm-hmm. the uh, not the depth that you managed to go. Oh yeah, which were, which shocked me completely, as you might have guessed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I think I might actually have a score here, and I did get. Two hundred forty-nine thousand five hundred ninety-five. Jesus,
0: mate! Last place. Ah, There you go. That
2: burns. Taking three minutes and one second. Well done. And you've done that while you're dying. (laughs) (laughs) I did that on my deathbed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just, just, just rub it in a little more, Mike. Thank you very much. But um yeah just just the general overall talk about um, the graphical style is very like like you said Steven University very very cartoony yeah and there's not a lot of intricacy at all even in the Mr Driller sprite itself it's all very simple very cartoony big shapes and you can take in everything on a screen almost at a glance yeah like like but doesn't mean you can use that information like myself but you know you
1: can take it at a glance. It is. Everything's there. Everything's colourful. It's it's perfect. It's a perfect arcade game. It's the perfect example of an arcade. Get a good arcade game that's just in, bam, done, high score. Well, oh,
0: that does bring up an interesting point. Now, if you guys had bought this uh, when it came out, so let's say you had to pay fifty dollars for it, how would you feel about paying fifty dollars for this?
1: Oh, I, w- I would. I would feel totally and utterly disappointed if I paid fifty dollars for it. I think I read somewhere, and I don't know, so we can cut this maybe. But I think I read somewhere that it came out at twenty dollars.
0: Yes, it did. The PlayStation version
1: did. Not all the versions have, but yeah, the PlayStation did. I think it's it's perfectly it's perfectly adequate as a twenty dollar title. Which I don't know what it is in these post Brexit times. It might be you know at like fifty quid or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think tw- twenty dollars is is. A nice wee sweet spot of this kind of game because it can it's something you could leave and blast through and then put down and then come back to it a couple of weeks later and go I'm going to beat my high scores again. It's just nice and and fresh and as you say colorful, very colorful and very kind of just poppy, happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean,
0: it is impossible to play this without smiling. Yeah, pretty sure. Mike, what about you? I mean, I mean, would you feel kind of burnt if you bought this at full? Full retail.
2: I was thinking on this before, actually, and the the thing is, there are a lot of similar games. I mean, when you think of the arcade as a whole, you know, you've got something like Street Fighter Alpha. What is it? It's eight, eight to eight or nine fights fighting a boss, and that's the end of it. You've got um, Uh Super Puzzle Fighter, which which sort of draws a lot of parallels. You want to see those new backgrounds. This presents that whole same thing where, you know, getting to a new level, you might get a cool new little background, some sort of pastel-looking blocks and things like that. And then you've got um, Baku Baku Animal on the uh, Sega Saturn. These are all games which are kind of similar with that that kind of cartoony look, maybe quite short in length, but really it's the gameplay that matters. So that's, that's definitely the case here with Mr. Drummer. So, so a short
0: game that's that's more about mastery of a very small, intricate system is okay with you guys as long as the initial gameplay is fun. Yes. Length Definitely.
2: is kind of... Okay, if, right. you, if you owned a Dreamcast and you played Crazy Taxi, you know, you know what fun you're having every day.
0: Ah, see that. I, I felt really betrayed buying Crazy
1: Taxi. I know I started, I started this whole thing off saying it was a good arcade game. I don't know if it would be a sit-down-and-play game, but I've actually convinced myself that I was wrong. About 10 minutes ago when I said <laughs> ah, you, oh. should,
0: you should try to get your wife and your kids to play. It's it's
1: yeah. great for a family score
0: attack for all you Mr. Driller lore hounds out there. And I know you're out there because Mr. Driller is a great role playing uh, hotbed. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Driller is actually the child of Dig Dug and the main character from Baraduke. If you've ever played those. So he he's very much like a combination of of Namco mascots, and he's actually appeared in a bunch of Namco games as uh cameo appearances. Things like Namco cross Capcom and uh even Moto GP and stuff like that. So I, I don't know if Namco considers him an actual mascot or not, but I've always kind of viewed him as oh, he's Namco. Like as soon as you see Mr. Driller, it's oh yeah, it's Namco. Now, a question for you, gentlemen. Is this something that you would be interested in to see make a comeback on, say, PSN? Where if if it was something done like Tricky Towers or something, where you had four players all trying to get to the bottom as fast as they could. Yes. Would that be something you would play? Dave,
1: yes. Make it happen. Alright, I will talk to my uncle at Namco. I see something, that's exactly, see something that's competitive, simultaneous, or synchronous play like, exactly like that, like Tricky Towers, I would be all over it, and I think a lot of people... Well, I think a lot of people would... Mr. Namco.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: anyway. Yeah, well, it was actually Mike talking about uh, Puyo Puyo versus Tetris, which, by the way, if you haven't imported it, you need to import it. It is amazing. Anyway, Sorry.
2: Well, yeah, I was going to say that I hate to rain on the parade, but I think there was actually a a 360 version of um, Mr. Driller Online, possibly. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I've never had an experience with it, but it looks pretty much the part. Yeah, yeah.
1: I,
0: I kind of put that on the same boat as like Bomberman Online. It was a boat I missed. and I'm really sorry I missed it because that would have been a lot of fun. And I'd love to see them bring something like that back, even if it was just a simple, you know, conversion I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that.
2: But what do you guys not like about this game? That's what I'm I'm curious about. Um,
0: Did you hint there was something you didn't like? Me? Mike? Mike. Mike Mike, Mike messaged me earlier and said something to to the effect of he didn't like something, which blew me away because it's the perfect game. I picked it. But, you know, I really can't think of anything that I dislike about this game.
2: I think there's, uh, I, I think there's an odd thing in it where, where it's, you know, like if, I mean, if now that I'm thinking of Miss, the character of Australia himself, I'm starting to think of WarioWare for some reason I'm starting to think there's a link there, but <laughs> I'm sure one of those characters look very similar, but, but there's something in that art style, that whole, like real life cartoon. I'm not sure 100 percent what it is, but you saw it a lot in like um, a lot of early Sega Saturn games. There's this whole. Um, I'm not sure exactly exactly what it is, but something about it just doesn't fully gel with me. You're not a fan of the Powerpuff Girls, then? <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a very good kid. Kind of, kind of, he does look like a Powerpuff Girl with a football helmet on. Yeah, pretty much. That should well be it. That might be the the missing piece of the puzzle. So, but, uh, so with
0: the art style—you had a problem with the whole art style.
2: No, not the whole art stuff. I mean, you said earlier it was made at the same time as a Ridge Racer. So I think it was Ridge Racer Type 4. And that, that did have a very stylish you know, user interface. And I think it copies a lot of that. But there's something about the actual actual sprite art itself where, especially for the main character, it just it just feels a little bit... Are you basically saying you like the mix. games, but
1: you want to punch Mr. Driller in the face? It's just a, a kid. A little bit. A
2: little bit. Oh. I, don't know, I don't know why... I mean, before asking you all how you managed to drill upwards, because I never did that once in the entire game, <laughs> it, was like, it was like, you can drill left, right, up, and down, but why can't you drill into Mr. Driller himself as well? That would make, like, oh, life just oh poor there. Mr. Driller. <laughs> uh-huh. Otherwise, no, no, it's a, it's a very minor complaint.
0: Now, here's a question, you guys, and I've Googled this to no end, and I haven't come up with a very satisfactory answer. Whenever you pick up an air capsule, what does the game say? Good question. It sounds like it says "lucky," but oh, that doesn't yeah. quite fit. I haven't quite figured it out. It's like those times you know when you're playing, like, well, like Street Fighter on the SNES. You have really no idea what they're saying.
2: Yeah, is it no, like sort of pop-up voice?
0: Yeah, it's a very, very high pitched. It sounds like a little girl's voice.
1: But I Do have no idea what a are We need no to the, li- ask the listener, listener, if you're listening. Yes. What does Mr. Driller say when he picks up an air capsule? And if if you can answer that,
0: I probably won't be able to give you anything, but you'll have my undying gratitude because it's been driving me nuts. And even Google, people are still saying, I don't know, maybe he's sort of saying this. Maybe. I'm wondering if he's saying something in Japanese. But, I don't. yeah, I don't know. So... The the question comes down to this, gentlemen. Would you or would you not recommend this game
2: to somebody else? Yes, I would recommend that wholeheartedly. I'm not sure how this hasn't been in my you know, my goody bag of, of brilliant arcade games. I never played it in the arcade. I probably would have liked to play it in the arcade. As it is, I got to play the home port and it's bloody good. So there you go, recommendation. What
1: is the difference between the arcade and the home port? Because I had a survival mode.
0: Well, from what I gather, uh, they added survival mode when it came to the home ports. And all that is, is uh, just keep going until you die. You know, the kind of very definition
1: of survival. I did survival mode, but I started at 10,000 feet. um, And it starts you at 10,000 feet and it's as if you're just carrying on. It's great. It's great. I love it.
2: (laughs)
0: So, um, ladies and gentlemen, what we've decided here at this this round table, uh full of intellectual points and niggling complaints from Mike about the way things look is that Mr. Dillard is a fantastic game and everybody should play it. All right, so since Luke isn't here because he hates all things fun, we don't have the next Retro Rewind game. So what this does is it leaves an opening. If we get a suggestion for a game before next week's podcast goes up, what we'll do is we'll play that game instead. If we don't get one, or you all recommend things like California Games or... California okay. Games 2. Echo the <laughs> yeah, Or Echo the Dolphins. Oh, or yeah. say something like Sonic the Hedgehog. We're going to ignore it and go with what Luke says, because hopefully it'll be better. But if you have a good one, then let us know. So, all that's left is to, well, thank you guys for coming, and Craig and Mike... Thank you very much
1: for extolling the virtues of Mr. Driller. Cheers! It was—it's been an absolute. This has been my favorite retro rewind game so far. It's been an absolute pleasure playing this game. All right. Um. So,
0: uh. Well, listener, we will catch you next time.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.